You've been listening to amazing music here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Coming up next, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast here at NahumSiegel.com.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome to JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Matas Weingast. Today is the 23rd of February, 28th of Shvat, 5780. And uh, we're glad to be here with you. And thank you for joining us right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Rosh Chodesh Adar coming up this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. Wow, time flies. Almost Purim. If you're studying Dafyomi and uh, Brachos, Nanala 51. Temperature outside of our studios right now, 33 degrees, going up to a sunny high of 55 degrees, and then back down to 33. And then in Jerusalem, it's 57 degrees, clear, and going down to uh, 41 degrees. Hope you had a wonderful Shabbos and a great week. Glad you could join us, and we're glad to be here. We're going to get right to the music. Expect Rabbi Goldwasser at 7.30. And uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll start off with some Besamim right here on JM Sunday. Ah 
Sanu, 
השם הוא אלוקים. אנחנו עמו וצומרים טוב, איבדו את השם ושמחה, בואו לפניו ירננה. איבדו את השם ושמחה, בואו לפניו. איבדו את השם ושמחה, בואו לפניו ירננה. איבדו את השם ושמחה, בואו לפניו. Rezel Brothers this half hour. That was Jonathan Rezel with Ivdu. Before that, David Lowy, Yehuda Green. And then Aaron Rezel with, uh, with a selection from the uh, Masti Hayom album. Lipa Schmelzer and Basamim opened up our song segment following Modani by Regesh. Right here on JM Sunday on this 23rd of February, 28th of Shvat. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Morning Kizuk coming up in a few seconds. Great programming all day long, right here on the network. Make sure to keep it on. JM and the AM returns tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. 
and whatever time it is where you are. Around the world, thanks to the listeners. Thanks to those who comment on the app. And we appreciate it very much. At this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Golwasser, Rabbi Golwasser's words, L'zecha Nishmas Rav Zev, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and L'zecha Nishmas Esther, Bas Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Parshas Kisisa that after spending 40 days and nights in heaven, Moshe Rabbeinu descended to witness the scene of the Cheto Egel, the sin of the golden calf. He then broke the Luchos. Subsequently, he ascended for another 40 days and nights and then came down with the second set of Luchos. The great Goyner of Moshe Feinstein asked an interesting question. Why did Moshe need to spend an additional 40 days and nights with Hashem? He already learned the contents of the Torah. He learned the manner of instruction during the first 40 days. Rav Moshe answers that we cannot compare the spirit, the moral fiber of Klal Yisrael before the Cheto Egel, to the world that existed after the sin of the golden calf. It was no longer the same world. It would be more difficult for Moshe to lead a generation that had made these breaches. It would be necessary to increase their will, to promote their fortitude, to strengthen their courage, and inspire their character. Now, another alternative approach, an entirely different methodology, would be required to teach Torah to B'nai Yisrael. The world of the 21st century is indeed a new world. We're living in different times. It demands a new understanding, an awareness of the mindset and the attitudes of the generation. The issues and challenges of today are overwhelming. It threatens the core of our survival. It's crucial that we grasp the severity of the dangers that do exist so that we can comprehend the course of action, what's most helpful and what's most effective in combating the problem. The great Rabbi Chaim of Sanz was known as the Divrei Chaim. He was gazing out on the street one day and he saw a Jewish person walking by. He quickly tapped on the window and asked the gentleman to please come in. He asked him, What would you do if you found a chest full of silver and you knew to whom that it belonged? Would you return it? The Jew answered, Of course, I would return it immediately. Rav Chaim was very disappointed with his answer. He said, You're a fool. Soon, there was another Jew that passed by his window. Rav Chaim invited him in, and he posed the same question. The second man responded, You think I'm a fool, that I'm going to return such a precious treasure? Rav Chaim told him, You are wicked. Rav Chaim waited until he saw a third passerby. Once again, Rav Chaim tapped on the window, invited the man in. What would you do, he asked the man, if you found a chest full of silver and you knew to whom it belonged? Would you return it? The third Jew thought for a moment and then said, Rebbe, I don't know what I would do. I honestly don't know. It's possible that Hashem would help me withstand the challenge. Perhaps I'd be able to fight my Yetzirah and resist the temptation to keep it. However, there's also a possibility that I will fail and keep the treasure for myself. Since I haven't been challenged with this Nisayan, it's very difficult to know exactly what I would do. Reb Chaim said, You are a wise man, and you have given a very clever answer. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, 
bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Jewish people come home 
Jewish people come home. Yeah, Jewish people come home to the promised land. Maybe your temple is gone, but there's still Jews alive and we're strong. Call me back. Maybe your temple is gone, but there's still Jews alive and we're strong. Call me back. Maybe our temple is gone, but there's still Jews alive and we're strong. Call me back. Maybe our temple is gone, but there's still Jews alive and we're strong. Call me back. sky so blue we'll find out from Hannah julian in just a few seconds whether the sky is so blue in uh, jerusalem uh, before that we heard 613 yeshiva boys choir achenu we also heard uh, yaakov shweki and uh, we heard from uh, yermia damen from uh, 
from the Noir Lafarnov album, and that was following Rabbi Goldwasser with the Morning Chizuk. So thank you to Rabbi Goldwasser. It's approaching 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time here on uh, JM Sunday and in this area, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Thanks for joining us. Great programming continues all day long on the network. And uh, tomorrow morning, JM in the a.m. returns at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, followed by The Israel Show with uh, Mayor Weingarten and after further review with Yoni Pollock. I believe that's set up for tomorrow. So it's always great to just uh, keep the network going. And thanks for the comments uh, from the um, from the app. Good morning to Trucker Yitz. Thanks for posting on the app. Much appreciated. It is uh, time for our news from Israel. Hannah Julian. Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com joins us every Sunday morning to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Chana Julian. Good morning, Matis. There's a lot going on today, but basically it's all corona. Israel has upset the nation of South Korea after turning back its national carrier last night. Israel refused entry to 130 South Koreans who arrived at Ben-Gurion International Airport last night. That decision was made after a group of South Koreans had toured all over Israel for a week, and within 24 hours after leaving the country, at least 18 members of the group were diagnosed with COVID-19, the Wuhan coronavirus. Twelve Israelis who were aboard that plane were allowed to disembark, but they were taken to their homes by Magen David Adon in special vehicles and were immediately placed in quarantine. Two hundred Israeli students and their teachers, as well as 12 border guard police officers, are now in quarantine for the next 14 days because they were in close proximity to the South Koreans in some of the sites they visited. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu held a special meeting today to discuss the rising challenge of the COVID-19 virus here in Israel. Health Minister Yaakov Litzman was at that meeting, along with other government ministers, the IDF chief of staff, and other senior officials. Netanyahu said that he's appointing a team of ministers to meet on a daily basis to address the issue. Starting Monday, Israel is banning all foreign nationals who have been to South Korea and Japan within the past 14 days from entering the country. That ban already applies to visitors from China, Hong Kong, Macau, Thailand, and Singapore. In addition, any Israeli returning from Italy, Australia, and Taiwan who develops symptoms of the coronavirus must be examined in accordance with quarantine procedures. The health ministry advises anyone with questions to check out the symptoms and procedures on its website. One of the 11 Israelis quarantined in a cruise liner off Japan, that's the Diamond Princess, was diagnosed with the coronavirus upon his arrival back in Israel on Friday. He is the first person to be reported with the virus here in the country. Three other Israelis became sick with the virus on that ship. They are being treated in Japan.
In Iran, the death toll from the coronavirus has now been raised to eight, with at least 43 more confirmed cases of the illness. Iran reported its first case just last Wednesday. The government has closed down schools and religious seminaries in the holy city of Qom, where the virus killed two elderly people last Wednesday. Schools in Tehran and four other cities are closed as well, beginning today for at least two days. Now, with all of that bad news, I do have good news for you. A rare ceremony has been held at the ancient synagogue in Alexandria after a $4 million renovation by the Egyptian government. It brought 180 Jews back to Egypt. In fact, that's years after they were forced to leave due to anti-Semitism in the 50s and 60s. The ceremony took place under a media blackout, no coverage at all from Egyptian media and extremely tight security by Egyptian officials. We say kola kavod to the Egyptian government of President el-Sisi. So let's take a look now at the weather. It is beautiful here, gorgeous blue skies, cold but absolutely lovely. And partly cloudy skies elsewhere in the country, isolated light rain in the north and center. No significant change in the temperatures. It's around 60 degrees in most of the country in the 50s north and in the south, depending on where you are. If you're in a lot, we're looking at about 65, 70, 60s around Tel Aviv, uh, the Dead Sea about 65 Uh, In the far north, we're talking about the 50s. Tonight, partly cloudy skies to cloudy, chance chance of rain in the north. And on tomorrow, partly cloudy skies. At noon, a chance of isolated showers, mainly in the mountains. A slight risk of flash floods in the Dead Sea and the Judean Desert. So once again, if you are hiking, don't do it. It's not worth it. At night, we're looking at showers and thunderstorms mainly in the south, a high risk of flash floods, again, in the southern bodies. So it's not a good time to go out hiking. But the weather seems Have to be pretty week, good, everyone. right? What? The, the weather seems to be pretty good uh, temperature-wise. Yeah, temperature-wise, it's really nice. Now is the time to start planting. If you have a garden and you're living here, this is the time to start planting and to get out uh, all your uh, your seedlings and uh, if you're going to be planting herbs, this is the time. Vegetables are a little bit later. But I saw strawberry plants in the nursery this week. Nice. Here it's uh, going to be 55 degrees during the day, but then getting back to 33 overnight. So it's still a little bit of a fickle temperature uh, swing. Going yeah, on. yeah. It's, it's still it's still winter. It's. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, winter's all relative, but but yeah, it's still winter here. I I saw frost up north, so yeah, it's a little bit. Of, it's kind of still wintry. You mentioned before we're still getting water. They're they're still thinking about Daganya Dam up up north. It's still filling. Yeah, the different reservoirs. A little bit. Wow. Uh, you mentioned yeah. before about the ceremony in Alexandria, and I wanted to ask you about that. Um, it, do we know what the synagogue is going to be used for i mean is it are there any jews there that will have services or is it basically a tourist attraction 
I, I think probably, uh, I'll tell you, at, the, at this moment, it's probably a tourist atta- attraction, realistically. But I, I you know, it, it, the Egyptians are funny. I, I have a feeling that uh, if it were left up to Al-Sisi, he would like to see Jews back. But I suspect that a lot of his people do not follow him on that. He's had to maintain a strong hand um, to keep the the more radical Islamic element um, under control. He's the Israelis have worked with him, albeit quietly, to keep the terrorists in line and to keep the uh, the Muslim Brotherhood in line. They would slaughter all of them if they if they had any chance at all. And he's the one who's managed to keep it civilized. So, uh, realistically speaking, I, I can't I can't really imagine that Jews would be able to live peacefully there. Even the Christians have had a tough time of it. He has tried very hard to make it um, a reasonable place for the Coptic. Christians to live, right. and it and it's been difficult for them to do it, even though he's he's really done a good job of making it as as possible as it could be, and even so, they have had um, attacks, and they have had a tough time, um, and I've had to cover that, so right. I I I know what's happened. There have been enormous attacks. And they've had government, uh, um, I can't say fatwas, because the fatwas aren't coming from the government, but he's had more than his fair share of problems trying to keep ministers from making uh, decrees that he has then had to try to, maybe not reverse, but at least try to uh, scale down. He himself tends to be a little more liberal than... uh, than other people might like. So he's had to walk a very fine line. It's been difficult. Right, I'm sure. It looks like they had some good food there at the Kiddush. <laughs> it had some nice challah. It looked like nice fresh challah and wine. Well, that's uh, from the, the, from the place. Everybody right. knows the Jews have food. Yeah, exactly. But um, also it seems that they have, according to the report I, I read, somewhere between 60 and 70 uh, Torah scrolls that they house there. Um, in in the I, I synagogue, guess, in the synagogue, or in the possession of the synagogue, and they um, they they took out uh, twelve of them to represent the tribes. Um, but, and they're yeah. still in the synagogue. That I didn't know. Um, that's what I had read. Uh, I have to look at that and see if I can find it. But it says wow. here something. Yeah, the highlight of one of the days, I guess. I don't know if it was Shabbos or before was when 12 of the synagogue's 60 to 70 Torah scrolls were taken out and <sighs> festively paraded. So, yeah, it's That's, a very That is no uh, wonder they had a media blackout. Yeah. Just just for the security risk alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. But, um, well, you know, who knows? <laughs> they have a lot of information, apparently, also. Um, population registers that date back over 100 years. That's true. And that's probably a very interesting thing to look at also because, like you said, and we know, even in modern Egypt, the Jews were basically thrown out uh, and uh, or, or fled. 
and to have uh, historical registers of people who lived there would be a very interesting thing to research and uh, and see who was there you know 100 150 years ago well historically they the the community in alexandria stayed longer than the community in cairo they they stayed a lot longer they held out right they held out a lot longer. Right, right. Uh, that area was different than Cairo, so. Yeah, it was a lot more tolerant. Well, it, like, it was farther away. It looks like a very nice, uh, you know, structure, and. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful synagogue. It really is. It's a gorgeous shul. Well, it's uh, you know you, you you know what you can't tell, right. you can't tell. I never thought I never thought in a thousand years I would never have believed that Jews would go back to Germany. Right, right. Same I thing. never would have believed that. Or yeah. Poland. True, true. But you never know. Thank you. <laughs> See you next week. Thanks, everyone, for uh, joining us. And for um, and thanks, kind of, Julian, for giving us that, um, that great story about the synagogue in uh, Cairo that was rededicated. Uh, in, in <laughs> we were just talking about in Alexandria, um, so uh, you know, thank you, thank you for that, and um, that was our news from Israel. So thanks again, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network, um, and we're going to go back to the music. It's eight to fourteen a.m. Eastern time here in this area, and. Uh, wherever it is around the world. Nachum Stark is up next, right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Finishing up with the Little Yeshiva Boys Choir here on JM Sunday. We heard from Tamimi Boys Choir, Mendy Werdiger, Kolachai, Shuebel Sharf Levine, Benny Friedman, and uh, Ellie Herzlach in the last half hour. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Great programming continues on the network all day long. JM in the AM tomorrow morning back at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week, everyone. A great Kodesh. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. You've been listening to Matis Weingast and JM Sunday on NahumSiegel.com right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.